You're listening to Informed, informal chats about theological topics to help us know and understand God together. Informed. Informed. Hi everyone, welcome to Informed. Simeon here and today I'm talking to Alex Bose and we're going to be thinking about money and generosity. Hello Alex. Hello, hello Simeon. Hello everyone. How are you doing? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. I'm currently on holiday, which is always a nice time. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. But you're back in your own four walls, aren't you, as we speak? Yes, yeah, that's right. We went camping last week and then a couple of little bits this week and then I'm back at work on, on Thursday. But yeah, it's, it's cool. nice to be home, absolutely. Very good. Um, Alex, when uh, people come on Informed for the first time, I like to ask them a question, which is, can you tell us in about one minute, why are you a Christian? Mm. Great question. Um, I grew up as a, Christ- a Christian, which I guess is the, uh, the kind of on the face answer, especially my mother. I uh, was a very active Christian. I always went to church. And uh, when I was about nine, uh, gave, I-, I remember, I think I was ill at the time. And um, I was thinking about God and I kind of felt, well, I think it made God happy if I think more about him. And I kind of felt like a really warm, fuzzy feeling. Uh, and that's probably the point where I gave my life to to Jesus. And I, I, I think I, I've never known anything else, really. And I've, I've always had fairly solid foundations in terms of my faith. So I've never gone through a faith crisis or, or anything. But I think over the years, it's just been strengthened and strengthened through seeing what God has, has done and is doing and, and understanding more about, about his truth. So I've kind of, yeah, just, just grown kind of very incrementally over, over the years. And I think it's just such a wonderful thing to have, have God in in my life and I can't imagine how anyone does it with without God basically that's wonderful that's great and just tell us a little bit about your your history with City Church I think you've been here longer than I have yes no I arrived in in 1999 October 1999 when I came to to university in Cambridge you clearly beat me yeah there you go (laughs) I tried out a couple of churches City was the, the second one, and I thought, well, I, I, I like what I'm seeing, and I'll, I'll just stick here. And, uh, yeah, so I've been here for what was that, nearly 23 years. Wow. When the church is 29 years old, that's not bad going. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully not quite part of the furniture in, in that sense, in that <laughs> sense but in, in one way, yes, absolutely. <laughs> if, you're part, if you're part of the furniture, you'll get painted white. That's true, yes. So, yeah, you don't be part <laughs> of the furniture. So today's topic is money and generosity, and um, this is something that you preached on um, last term, uh, yeah. and it's something that I speak on on the membership course uh, whenever that comes around at the moment. So uh, it's something we've both done a bit of thinking about. Um, how do you? Where do you start in thinking about uh, what God wants you to do with your money? Yeah. So I. I think I go back to um, probably what I was taught and some stories that have stuck with me when when I was a teenager and in, in my in my twenties that have really encouraged me to be to be generous. So when when I think about money, um, and that was pretty much from my first job, or even during university, where I tried to give a little bit of what what I received from from my parents, I always try to approach it from a let's be generous and and, and what can we what can we do. Um, uh, and, and so whether it's, it's my normal salary or if, if, if there is a bonus, I, Jess and I would then talk about it. And typically it's me having, having a figure in mind saying, why don't we give, give something like this or this sort of percentage? And um, 
Yeah, I, I think it's you, you can kind of get to a point where you think, well, if, if I didn't give, I could afford all of these things. But fortunately, I've, I've never really massively struggled with that. Of course, the thoughts do pop in my mind uh, occasionally about what kind of mortgage you could have, etc. But um, generally, I, because of this, this teaching I've had, and I guess God's God's been very gracious to me in that in that sense. I've always wanted to be generous, so I, I approach it from from that point. Well, what 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 can we do that will that will feel right um, in front of God and, and in my heart? Mm. Yeah, um, I think I grew up having financial generosity really well modelled to me by by, by my parents. Um, so I think I pick pick something up from them in a really good way. And yeah, like as you're saying, I think if you have the attitude that it is kind of pretty much one of your very top priorities of what to do with your money is to be generous with it um uh and kind of have that as the first question rather than the what's left over question that's a great sort of direction to to come at it from isn't it yeah i agree and that's actually one of the stories that's that shaped me was one of the elders of my church was growing up he he said um his his first paycheck so he was a lawyer and so it must have been in the 70s i think and I, I guess he got paid for a job and he got, I think it was 50 pounds or it was 250 pounds. I don't remember, but it was a lot of money back in the seventies where I got paid. And he said, it was my first ever payment as a, as a very young lawyer, but he gave it all to God. And I thought, wow, what an example. So it's that, that principle, the first fruits and yes, yeah, it's, it's your, it's your priority. I, I think that's really stuck with me as well. Yeah. And I think you, you talked about, you know, deciding, okay, this, this money's come in, God's provided this for me and I want to give some of it away um you when you do that you don't you don't want to end up with like a a sort of mindset of okay well this percentage is for god to decide what to do with and the other percentage is for me to decide what to do with you want to sort of start from the point of view of well all of this is god's he's given it to me to steward to deploy on his behalf um Mm. and he wants me to give some of it away and he wants me to spend some of it and um but it's all his absolutely yeah yeah that's right and i think that 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 principle of stewardship is so important so you want to be generous um but yeah use your money really well so you can use excuse me you can use it in many ways you can absolutely give it give it to the church or to other uh charities or individuals um you can bless your your family with it by going going on nice holidays there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's a great thing to do you can um, have people around and spend a bit of money on a nice meal um, there's there's all sorts of things you can you can do and it's uh, and whatever you do you could have done something different and and I guess there's there's wisdom involved and, and I've I've kind of always felt if if it feels right then and, and if you feel peaceful about it then that's probably the the right thing to do. Mm. Does that sort of reflect? Is it do the way that you make decisions about money is that quite similar to the way you make decisions about other stuff in life? Yeah, yeah, it is actually. So I. Often I do think about things, but often it's there, there is a bit of a gut feel about it as well, and and mm. and, and more often than not, I'd actually then go with a gut feel after after thinking about it. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and to be honest, that was the case when we bought the house. We kind of felt, well, this this seems like the right house. Let's go for this one. Um, it, it, this has been a case when I when I've changed jobs, I've kind of applied for some that looks right, gone to the interviews, and you can always arm and arm. But I thought, no, let's let's go for this. And and, and I guess it's similar when. When something's come up, whether it's a gift day or or, or a specific occasion, 
um, like I said, Jess and I would would talk about it a, a little bit, but often there's well, how about this? And it feels right, and then we just we just go for it. Yeah, yeah. I guess different personalities. Some of us lean or feel more comfortable with kind of the logical database decisions. Some of us feel much more comfortable with the gut gut feel decisions. And when it comes to generosity, I think those those of us or those of you with a gut feel strength, um, which isn't my strength, but I think those who have that's probably where that kind of decision making really comes into play because as you said earlier there's no there's no logical process you can go through that will tell you exactly the best way to steward your money um but if you've got some principles um and then that 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 bit of thinking followed by the gut feel that's a that gives god space to speak into that very naturally doesn't it yeah no absolutely yeah to be honest i'm probably a bit of a mix so when when there's a bit of a one-off thing that I'm, I'm very much the the gut feel this seems like the right number i think when it comes to to regular uh monthly giving uh there's uh, where, where i do then track the percentage of gross and net income and, and i do that tra- have a look at it at least once a year and i think well maybe we should adjust something here so there's there's something we're aiming for so i i think i'm quite similar to you in some ways as well on that but um it, it kind of depends on on the situation but i guess even in those percentages like well maybe we can just push it up a little bit or maybe that's enough or that there's a bit of a gut feel about that as well yeah 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 um when we sort of thinking about being generous uh, i guess you and i've dived into this conversation on the assumption that well of course we want to be generous um but i guess that that may not be uh, maybe we shouldn't just assume that uh, but it, it's a natural consequence of the character of God, isn't it? Um, that he's generous and so um, his people should be generous. How do you process that and think that through? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, God has been so generous to us. Um, we had nothing. He's given us everything. Um, he's brought us from death to life. It's absolutely amazing. Um it, it, it can be really tricky, though, and I completely get it. There, there's people who maybe haven't had that model that, that you have had, for instance, in, in their parents or who, who are struggling financially and think, well, I, I just cannot afford to be generous. And that's, that's really, really difficult. And that's, that's clearly no, no easy answers to, to, to any of that. Um, but I think if, if we think through the, the whole amazingness of how, how generous God has, God has been to us, um and therefore the importance of of jesus in, in in our lives and i guess that's what jesus gets um that's the point jesus gets to in the sermon of the mount when he when he talks about money it's it's sort of put the kingdom of god first don't it's that do not worry passage it says don't worry about tomorrow for today's got enough worries about itself and he goes on about saying why you worry about clothes and, and food and, and all of that god knows you need it he'll provide it um but seek first the kingdom of god and i think if we if we, if we try to grow in that um, and really think, well, what, what kind of, I think part of the problem is the status we have is attached to, to money and possessions in our society. And whether we're struggling with money or not, I think we do worry what people think about us. And we're quite, we can be quite self-conscious about that. But if, if we get more, more to a point where, where we do seek first the kingdom of God, I think that will then encourage us in our, in our generosity as well, because we, we think, well, that's, that's God's character. Uh, and that's our, our primary purpose in life, ultimately, to, to bring him glory, to live for him. Uh, and then what, what I do for myself with my money is, is quite, quite far down in my priority list compared to um, 
honouring God. Of course, that's all really, really easy to say <laughs> and practically much, much harder to work through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that's the sort of... Uh, and when I've said when, when I grew up, the, the foundations were solid and were added to, I think those kind of foundations of being rooted in, in, in God's amazing love and grace... Uh, and therefore, you, I don't think always get it right, absolutely not, in terms of seeking first the kingdom of God, but that, but that sort of attitude of God is more important. I, I think if, if, if we kind of keep feeding that and have that foundation, then, then hopefully we, we can grow in, in generosity as well, because like you say, it does reflect God's character, really. Yeah. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. I around a bit. But <laughs> no, that's cool. I think... Um, what you're saying is really helpful that that seek first the kingdom of god verse is a good one isn't it to have a have in mind here because you in whatever area of life you're talking about whether it's relationships or uh, money or uh, ambition or friends or whatever you're thinking about if you've settled first that jesus is your lord and you're going to live for him and everything you have is his then that's that's kind of the foundation you want that would to then lead you into okay well jesus is my lord what does he want me to do in this area of my life what does he want me to do in that area of my life and like so like with money if if you sort of say oh right well i should probably give some money to the church and stuff because the elders say that i should that kind of if if there's kind of like a well i'm just doing it because someone told me to and i don't i slightly begrudge it um that's not really the heart that god's looking for uh, but a heart that says Jesus is number one in my life. I follow him, and if he wants me to give some of my money away, then sure, that's uh, it's not it's not. You don't want to be in a position where there's a tussle every time. Um, and I guess we, um, I just think about another area of my life. Um, but I've been thinking about food and thinking, yeah, so if do I need to kind of settle in my mind that Jesus is Lord of that area of my life and. And if I just settle that, then, okay, um, there's less kind of back and forth. Oh, what should I do in this scenario? Um, or it has a different feel, right? If it's a, am I going to do the right thing or not? That's an unhelpful kind of tussle. If it's, I want to do the right thing, what is that? That's the kind of process you want to be in. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really helpful, actually, Simon, and to apply that on, on all areas of life, whether it's money or something else, and everyone's yeah. struggling with something. Yeah, and I apply that to to that particular area of life, and anyone I guess struggling with generosity um, can think, well, in my specific situation, Lord, I want to put you first. What what does that look like? Yeah, um, and and some people obviously are are really struggling financially, and and if they say, well, if I give a hundred pounds a month to the church, that's a hundred pounds I don't have, and I'm I'm struggling to make ends meet as it is. Yeah. But there are no easy answers to that, and I guess you bring it before God, and you. Um, you, you still want to be generous and, and you need to find, I guess that you need to find a solution that, that, that hopefully works. I, I actually um, uh, have one and I can't remember who said that when, but it's one of those things from a long time ago um, uh, said that, and there's no verse kind of backing this up as such, but, but it did really ring, ring true with me that if, if you can't afford to be generous, be generous anyway, God will provide and I think that that person, when, when, when they said it, said, and I, and I say that to people, and I say, you know what, if you actually, if, if you tithe, your, whether it's your 10% or whatever, um, and you haven't got enough money at the end of the month, talk, come talk to me and I'll, I'll cover it. And, and, yeah. and he said, I never did. Um, but I think it's that principle that 
you you might need to come out of your comfort zone mm. but god says he will provide and god provides and that's certainly my experience that god does does provide yeah um i love the passage in 2 corinthians 8 uh where so this is where paul's encouraging the corinthians to give into a collection he's doing on behalf of some poor christians in jerusalem and the way he encourages the corinthians is by telling them about the generosity of some other christians in macedonia and um he says in 2 corinthians 8 2 in a severe test of affliction their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part so straight up he's sort of saying look guys look at these other christians they're in extreme poverty and yet there's been a wealth of generosity and then a few sentences later um down in verse uh verse 12 he says for if the readiness is there it's acceptable according to what a person has not according to what he does not have um for i do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened but that's a matter of fairness your abundance at the present time should supply their need um so he's he's almost he's starting the chapter saying i really want you to take note of of the example that macedonians have said that they couldn't really afford to be generous but they were generous anyway but then a bit later on the other hand he's saying um i'm not trying to i'm not trying to ask you to give something you can't give um and he's kind of it seems to me he's like throwing these two things down for them to chew over um this example of of outrageous generosity but also kind of a principle of like i don't want you know i, I i'm not asking you to do anything you can't afford to do um go chew over that mm. and i think and later on i think it's in chapter nine he talks about um god loving a cheerful giver uh, which i find a really helpful principle um that god you know in these areas where there isn't like a necessarily a right answer um how generous are you going to be you could always be more generous you could always be less generous um well what 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 do you feel cheerful about giving um if if you feel begrudging about it then don't do it um find find something you can be cheerful about yeah absolutely no i, I love this passage as well yeah yeah and in chapter 9 verse 7 where it says give give what you've decided in your heart to give not reluctantly mm. under compulsion and then yeah for god loves a cheerful giver and it's and I mean, God is God is so good to us. He doesn't want force us to to give anything that we can't afford, but He He wants to work in our hearts so that we we can become cheerful givers. And uh, and, and that Macedonian church is such a wonderful example. And yeah, at the beginning of, of, of chapter eight, where where it says they were they gave more than they were able beyond their ability, which is a wonderful example. Uh, and it, and it says they pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service, so they. They weren't coerced somehow, but they said, look, we, we can't, we want to give all of this. We want to be generous beyond our ability. Paul, please, will you let us do that? And uh, um, I'm sure God provided for them and uh, and, it, and they were fine in, in that sense. But it's it's just they, they took that step because they really wanted to in, in invest in, in the kingdom and, 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 uh, and bless their, their, their brothers and sisters. And it's, it's just such an amazing example uh, to us corporately and, and individually yeah and it's got this passage is one of the beautiful verses about the gospel um in the new testament um chapter 8 verse 9 um well let me just read from chapter 8 verse 8 i say this not as a command but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine 
For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Beautiful statement of what Jesus has done for us. Um, and, uh, and I love how it puts our generosity in that context, kind of like of being in the image of God. We, we've, been, we've been made and then we've been saved in order to reflect God, to become more and more like him, to, um, to he saved us so that we can become the kind of people he wants us to be, which is like him. And when we look at, when we look at what generosity looked like for Jesus, um, becoming poor so that we might become rich, um, it gives us a great foundation for saying, oh, well, I, I want to be like that too. Um, cause I benefited from Jesus generosity to me. And I suppose not so much that I'm now trying to kind of, uh, I don't think it's so much that I'm now trying to work off my debt of gratitude to Jesus more that, okay, he's called me to be in Christ and part of Christ's body. And so that means being like Christ. And that's what he was like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just so amazing to be in Christ and part of the kingdom, part of this journey, part of the church. And, and I guess the focus of our life therefore changes to, to making that, the, like we are saying earlier, the, the, the priority. Um, and if you look at the early church in Acts, too obviously that's that's what they were doing these guys were just being incredibly generous with their possessions and they occasionally they, they yeah they sold some land or whatever they did and they they um opened up their homes and i'm sure there were rich and poor people within, within that church but you just get that feeling of their heart was in sharing the gospel and in, in, in being part of the church in, in in living for jesus and that's that was expressed through their generosity mm. Let's talk about the church specifically, because we've been talking slightly in more general terms. But um, uh, if if someone wants to become a member of City Church, one of the things that we'll say to them is, well, being a member of City Church means uh, contributing financially to the needs of the family. And um, not that that's the only way you're generous um, in, with your money, but that that should be a really high priority for your for the generosity uh with your money because not because city church is like yet another good charitable organization that you may or may not want to give to but because it's your family and mm -hmm. you've become part of this family and and so of course you know, you have a you have a commitment to your biological family um that you don't have to you know the other children who live in your village um and in, in an analogous kind of way you've got a commitment to your spiritual family and that you don't have to uh, to others in the same way something that we don't do however is to uh like stipulate tell people how much they ought to give to the church um uh, and whereas i think it's probably true to say that some churches would do yeah mm, yeah probably I think um, so. Um, I think where I've come across it before, it's um, been people picking up the idea of tithing, um, uh, which is from the Old Testament, from uh, where people would... So tithe means 10% of something. So uh, there were various commands that the people of Israel should give 10% of this or that. And so that's picked up and, and people have brought that into 
uh, Christian living and said, oh, well, you should give 10% of your income to the church that you're part of, um, which I think is a great thing to do. But I'm not sure that we can sort of be dogmatic and say, well, that's the figure you have to give then. Um, because the the tithing comes as one of the very specific commands that God gives to the people of Israel for a particular period of salvation history between Moses and Jesus. Um, in the same way that, you know, there are very specific instructions about um, how to do social justice or how to do uh, sacrifices or how to be richly pure or what you should or shouldn't eat. Um, and uh, I don't think as Christians, we are supposed to take those specifics that were for an earlier phase of God's plan and bring them into the current phase. Um, but I think we are supposed to take the principles um, from that phase and see, well, okay, these were some specific instructions God gave to people at a specific time. Um, he's not given those same specific instructions to us, but we're following the same God. And so we can learn something about what, um, how he wants us to live from looking at, okay, well, in general terms, how, how did he want them to live? Oh, he wanted them to be generous. He wanted them to uh, give of their, give of what he provided them. He wanted them to give away. He wanted them to care for the poor and who were living with them and so on. So, um, so personally, I don't think uh, that sort of sticking, saying to the people of the church, oh, well, this is, this is the amount you should give um, is the right way to approach it as Christians under the new covenant. How do you kind of think it through? Um, yeah, so I, I, I do agree uh, with, with what you've said. Um, it's obviously a very specific command in the Old Testament um, in, in, in that situation. And, and we should then take the principles from it like we do on, on many other things. Um, and uh yeah, so there's like like all, all, all the other kind of laws. Um, we can't just say, well, we take this one, but we don't take that one. Yeah. Um, so we can't just take it and in, in, bring to in, into the new covenant and say, well, you must follow that one and you must follow the Sabbath. You must honor your mother and father. You must, but that's, that's, you know, you don't get it, but you don't, you don't worry about the food laws and et cetera. So you, you're kind of picking and choosing a little bit. So so I fully agree with you, Simeon, that um, we can't just kind of lift it and, 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 and put it into the new covenant. Um, I guess um, my, my background is... Um, that I've been pr pretty much taught uh, from an early age through the churches I've been to is that 10% is the floor is that you should always give 10%. Um, but you're absolutely welcome to give more. And uh, kind of, I've heard several preachers say that, Oh, when someone comes to me and says, Oh, I'm under grace, not under laws, so I'm going to give 10%. I, I, as in the, the preacher then says to them, um, well, that's great. You'll give more than 10% then because grace is greater than the law. And that's kind of the, the attitude I've, I've grown up with. And, and I guess it's an attitude of generosity, which is, which is good. Um, but I think biblically, we, we probably can't say, well, you, you have to have, everyone needs to give 10%. And that's, that's like a very clear rule. And then if you can give more, great. Um, I think it's, it's much, we take this principle that the, the tithe obviously was for the priests and to, for the work of God. Um, so, so they are well provided, and um, uh, and obviously God had provided the, the, the whole land flowing with milk and honey to the to the Israelites, and in that context, they were giving some of their their first fruits as well. They were supposed to give their best, not what's left over, um, so that the that the priests and the Levites could um, could do their their bit as well. And I guess in the same way, um, like we said, God has blessed us richly, so 
we, um, we the, the, the character God's character should be reflected in in, in us, and, and therefore we should give generously as well. And whether that what I think there's no specific percentage attached to that. I think we should give generously what's what's right in our heart. I think because there is that specific ten percent in the Old Testament, in a way, it's quite a good place to start with, and. Um, it's probably a reasonable percentage of most people's income to to think about giving, um, but obviously everyone's situation is different. Um, but I mean, I, I would always encourage people to 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 if they think, well, I can't afford ten percent. Um, to well, I, I, I'm not bound by the ten percent. To just ask themselves the question, what what why would you, why are you giving less? And that there may well be really good reasons, and and some people will be really struggling with this, and that's that's absolutely fine, and then fully understandable um but if 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 there's an attitude like well how much even if it's not kind of you people are maybe trying not not um admitting it to themselves um but how much can i keep if that's a little bit of attitude how much do i have to give to the church is five percent enough and can i keep the other 95 percent that's probably the wrong attitude to have anyway um so yeah, it, it just depends on, on the motive and comes back to that to that harsh attitude of uh, of being a cheerful giver, really, and and if a cheerful giver is is eight percent for one person, well, great. And if it's twenty percent for another, wonderful. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd much rather I'd much rather someone was being like, oh, I get the privilege of giving five percent of my income towards the church, and I love doing it, um, than someone being like, oh. Simeon Alex said that I had to give more than 10%. I'm giving 20% and I don't really want to. And yeah, um, yeah, fully agree. Um, it's God loves a cheerful giver. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the other thing I was, I, I probably grew up with and was taught, and, and I think it's probably true as well. It's, it, it's not a mathematical equation. So if you kind of think, well, I have 10% less, so I can afford 10% less. And it's kind of, and it's all in a spreadsheet. Um, but I guess there's that famous passage in, in Malachi 3 where, where God's saying to, to the Israelites, well, you're robbing me. And I said, well, how are we robbing you? He says, well, in tithes and offerings, and you're under a curse as a result. But, uh, but just, just test me in this. Give me your tithes and offerings, and I will bless you back. And, and, and again, that's, also, that, that's, again, specific to, the, to that covenant. So, again, for us, it's not a mathematical equation. We give more to God. He gives more to us. And we, we become super rich because we've given those. It's not absolutely not like that. Um, but I think that is there's truth in that, that, that principle that if, if we step out in generous generosity, God will honor that and God will always provide. And God, God is good. God is a good father and he will he will bless us through through that as well, whether that is in financial situations or whether that is in, in other ways. Uh, you obviously, again, that depends on, on the situation and God always knows best. Again, this, this is an area where we've got to think carefully about the difference between the covenant that God brought through Moses and the covenant that God's brought through Jesus. In that um, the covenant that God brought through Moses was very deliberately and explicitly what you might call a prosperity gospel. Um, yeah. God set up this agreement and said, right, here are some laws. I want you to keep these laws. And if you keep these laws, then I will bless you in all these ways. I'll bless you in your families and in your politics and in your um prosperity and your your agricultural production and so on um, and if you don't keep these laws then i will curse you in all those ways and you'll suffer um, and i think because because so much of the bible is written in that phase of god's plan you know anything from like deuteronomy or so through to malachi or so um well malachi uh, you um 
you it's very easy to like flick open the bible and think oh right yes look there's a verse here saying that um god will god will make me rich if i follow him um whereas that sort of that particular promise was most clearly and specifically made for the covenant that god made through moses which hebrews says has been replaced um, with the new covenant that god makes in jesus um but you can see why from reading the bible people might come to the conclusion that oh right okay if following god's a way to get rich um but i think just thinking carefully about the timeline um yes that was a promise that god made at that phase for whatever reasons um but in this phase uh we all almost expect kind of the opposite um that uh that following god will make our lives in some ways harder not easier um you look at uh you know how how things play out for paul say uh, as an obvious example um he's under a lot of pressure and um uh facing a lot of difficulties because he's being faithful to god um so god's you know god's allowed to work in different ways in different seasons um, and we've got to be alert to that when we're reading the bible not that god's changed but just that he's made specific agreements uh, and specific promises at specific times but there is um just go back to our you know our beloved passage in 2 corinthians 8 and 9 what you were saying about god being faithful to us as we're generous is still there not in quite such a sort of this is this is how you will become rich and prosper way but in in a in in a slightly different way perhaps you know chapter 9 verse um six whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully verse eight god's able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every good work verse 10 um he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing um verse 11 you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way um so lovely ideas there about God, God richly providing for us so that we can be richly generous, which I guess is what you were getting at earlier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, no, these, these are these are great verses. And, uh, and I think you're right, Paul is not just speaking about money. It's, um, it's, it's the whole principle. Um, it, we're not, not going to get rich by, by giving generously. Um, but God will bless us generously in, in, in many ways. And I'm sure there's many, many examples where people have really given sacrificially. And as a result, they didn't become rich, but they had such a wonderful spiritual life full of God's presence and power. Um, and, and that was the blessing. And isn't that better than becoming rich and having a big house and a push car? Um, yeah, I know which I choose. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think you're right. I think there are different seasons. Um, I mean, Jesus very clearly says you should expect to be persecuted. And, and that's been true of many, many, many Christians over the, the centuries. Um, there's also times where there's maybe a bit more peace. And, and it's in 1 Timothy, I think, where it says pray for those in authority so that we can live peaceful lives. So there's a good thing about living peaceful lives and presumably involving people having houses and, and, and enough to eat and to clothe themselves and, and jobs, etc. And and that can bring glory to God and advance the gospel as well. Um, but if we, I guess if we cling to these verses in the Old Testament, like you said, and, and think they apply to, to us as a new covenant people, then 
a lot of people will get disappointed very quickly because it doesn't work out like that and that's not how good works in to, to today really mm. um and i mean there, there are plenty of christians who are very rich and maybe they think oh in my, in my case this has worked and everyone else is doing something wrong but i think that's that's completely misapplying those those verses and then i, th- I think like, like you were saying it's it's just so important to understand the context and uh, in which each book of the bible is written down and uh, and one and, and then you avoid some of these these pitfalls mm. And just going back to 2 Corinthians 9 11, just to read that one again, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. So mm. being enriched isn't the end goal. Um, yeah, exactly. In, 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 in Paul's thinking here, the, the end goal is generosity, being like Jesus, who is generous to us. And God's going to provide for you so that you can be generous. Um, it's not that you're generous so that God provides for you and you get rich. Yeah, absolutely. And I think. Just, just you saying that reminded me of, um, I think it was a book I read about um, some, some guy who became very rich, uh, a Christian guy who became very rich in, um, through, through some business he owned. And um, by the end, he was giving away 90% of what he was earning because he was saying, this has enabled me to tie the huge proportion of my, of my income because I can, I can afford to, and I don't want to afford it myself, but I'm, I'm giving this so that... that god's kingdom can advance and i can bless others that's 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 great yeah yeah and there's so many opportunities aren't there for being generous we talked about kind of making a priority of supporting the the central pot which facilitates some of our activities as a church family um but i think even kind of it's even more exciting to hear about the times when people in the church family are generous to each other um uh nothing to do with the church office or the church budgets or anything like that it's just like oh this person has a need this other person is meeting it that's exactly what should be happening um and uh, often it happens quite discreetly under the radar but when you when you catch catch a glimpse of it it's i love seeing that kind of thing um and then there's 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 loads of um people doing brilliant stuff beyond the borders of city church um Mm that uh, different ones of us all want to invest in in different ways um yeah no i agree yeah. and uh, and that's actually what what we try to do a bit as well so we we always want to give the bulk of our giving to city church because that's that is our family that's where we're based and that's where we want to invest our lives and our money um but we have connections with with individuals um in, in other countries where we where we give directly and it's great to be to be part of that and you're mm. you're part of their journey as well and you hear what's going on and whether that's a regular gift or or it can be a one-off um and they're obviously always very grateful to receive that uh, and then and then you're part of what they're doing in, in, in yeah. that part of the world which is which is wonderful and what's nice about the way you're describing it there is it's relational you're mm. you, you know you sort of oh, these people that we know um we're being part of what they're doing. I think in a in a highly connected world with very many needs and very many people doing excellent work to meet those needs, you can kind of be like, well, I don't know, where do I start? Um, what should I be generous to? And um, one principle that could be helpful to have in the mix is to think, well, where where is my relationship? Um, where where are the where are the contexts where I actually have a relational connection with this? And um, uh so um obviously the church family that you're part of is a would be a prime example of that but then that principle would go on beyond that okay you might be thinking uh you might be thinking well there are some there are some christians overseas 
um, who are much less well off than I am. And I want to support them as well. A bit like this thing in 2 Corinthians of um, Paul telling the Corinthians and Macedonians about the Christians over in Jerusalem. And so we think, well, there's all sorts of people helping all sorts of people in all sorts of places. Where might I start? Well, one way you could answer that question is, well, where have I got relational connection? Is there is there someone I've met um, at uh, an RM, a relational mission gathering where, uh, and I know they're working in, in another part of the world and I could support them? Or is is there someone I know? Or, or um, yeah, it's not the only way to answer the question, but I think it's nice where you can couple your generosity with relationship. It's more meaningful, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And there's we'll never be able to fix all the problems, but if you can help towards one problem, it's 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 really nice. So I remember, so we... We support some people who, uh, who moved out to the Middle East some years ago who have nothing to do with racial mission or any frontiers, um, but they're, they're old friends of ours and, and they work with, with quite disadvantaged people as well. And, and some of them needed some dental treatment and that's, um, so not in that family, but the people they were, they were looking out for in, in, in their village and they had no money whatsoever and it was quite expensive treatment. So, that, so people in the UK, um, I can't even remember if we gave anything towards that particular need, but people in the UK contributed towards that need so that that lady could have the dental treatment. And obviously it meant the world to her and, and, and to our friends as well. And it's, it's nice just to catch little glimpses of that and be, and be part of that. Yeah. Mm. And I think as we wrap up, it's, it'd be just great to say that this is a real strength of city church. I think um, it's a really generous family to be part of so if you're part of city church and you're listening to this well done um time and time again we've uh been very generous when different needs have arisen and we're very generous on a regular basis allowing us to run various things on um regular budgets like staffing and buildings and things and um so it's a privilege to be part of a family like this mm, yeah and i'd like to completely echo that over the for many years i've been here i've been many gift days, et cetera, and people have always been incredibly generous occasion. Then the, the figure kind of gets mentioned at the end, you go like, wow. And I then divide it by the number of people there. I think that's actually a lot of money per person. And it's, it's just yeah. absolutely incredible. So yeah, no, thank you everyone. Well done everyone. And, and, and I think just the regular giving, I think is, is incredibly generous um, by everyone and, and throughout COVID as well. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, on that note, well done everyone. God bless. Thanks for listening and we will see you soon. It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Where's the thing to stop the recording? (laughs) There we go. Stop recording.